You're listening to Let's Talk Trio on podcast. Welcome everyone to Let's Talk Trio on podcast via Blueberry. Blueberry is our main hub for the podcast. We're anticipating an iTunes release sometime in the near future. I just wanted to take a moment to revisit everything that we've talked about. And that is the purpose of this podcast is to bring light to trio programs all across the nation. The goal remains the same. It's trio programs uh, with interviews with staff, students, alum, and any regional or nationwide partners and organizations that uh, promote TRIO programs. That is the whole mission of this podcast. More than anything, I want to be a voice for TRIO programs. That means interviews with students, staff, anyone that wants to come on this podcast to share their story. I will be reaching out to various uh, colleagues, friends, uh, and family members that were once part of TRIO to share their experiences. Uh, I want them to know that when they're on this podcast, they're treated with respect. They'll be able to share their story and share their own experiences with regards to TRIO. Now, more than anything, I want to share success stories. Those are the uh, things that I'm aiming for with Let's Talk TRIO. Because the success stories, I believe, are something that uh, TRIO programs really thrive on. When people hear what others have had to overcome to be successful, I think that's important. It's vital to the success of TRIO. And uh, also hearing about the struggles, the challenges that come with building a success story, that's also important. I think people need to hear the challenges and obstacles to make it more relatable and allow people to hear uh, how others overcome those challenges. We will also be discussing policy changes, anything that uh, deals with TRIO programs and policy changes and anything new that's occurring with TRIO, whether it's new funding or additional budget for the TRIO programs or even budget cuts, that's those are the things that I want to bring attention to because uh, I feel that rallying people for the cause of TRIO is important and is going to remain something that I want to strive for and be a voice for as well. Um, highlighting success stories is great but also providing policy information on TRIO programs, also important. Um, I think a majority of the show will focus on those success stories and how it impacts the person individually. Uh, I will also look at uh, staff stories and uh, see how they share their story and how they relate to TRIO programs and why they decided to work for TRIO in the first place. So those are the things that we're going to be looking at as we're building the podcast and as we're building toward the future is looking at those stories that will make up the entire part of the show. Now, initially, I do just have, uh, I'm starting off, I don't have a lot of volunteers just yet. However, uh, with uh, new people signing on and uh, reaching out, I believe that there are important stories to tell, and we'll, we will get to those. Um, next week on our podcast, we will feature Daniela Garcia, who is a former TRIO alum and a former staff member as well. I think it's important to hear from uh, students and participants who eventually work on in TRIO because I think that they have a pretty good uh, feedback or pretty good information regarding the program itself. So now, uh, again, we are starting off our podcast uh, on Blueberry. Uh, Blueberry is our, currently our host. And it's going to uh, go like this, at least for the summer or fall of 2018, until we can figure out a way to start broadcasting uh, into iTunes. 
uh, Blueberry will main, remain our main host uh, for the foreseeable future, uh, but iTunes will be kind of an addition to uh, everything that we're doing here. For now, uh, we are looking at featuring maybe some music here and there from independent artists. Uh, that'll give us a small brief break for conversations. Uh, this allows me to, you know, take a break with the with the interviewee and allows me to kind of reframe my questions or uh, reorder them if I need to. Uh, one great thing about this podcast is that I'm able to go back and edit later. So last week, I promised that I would share my own uh, trio origin story, if you will. My journey with trio, I was a high school student, sophomore at Clovis High School in New Mexico. And I knew that academically, I wasn't the best student. I was hovering above, just above a 2.3, 2.2 GPA. Uh, it was still dipping and dipping further. I uh, had lost all motivation for education and, and academics, period. It just didn't ring with me. For some reason, I just felt that academics were pointless. I just figured that I would go to work uh, right after high school. I figured that I would uh, do something that didn't relate anything with, uh, with education. And so I had a difficult time trying to make academics relate to me. It was difficult because in that, in that time, it was difficult for me to com comprehend what would education do? What, what would it do to make a difference for me? I honestly thought there would be no difference. So when I received a, uh, again, I, I was attending Clovis High School. Uh, I was a sophomore, and I remember sitting in science class and thinking to myself, kind of like, this class is boring, I want to get out, and I just had no intention to studying science at all. Then I got a blue slip from the office saying that I needed to make an appearance to the library. Now, that already made me nervous because usually when you get a blue slip, requesting you to visit in the library for me it meant either the counselors know principals know or something someone knows something and I've been caught now they know my grades are dipping and, and I'm doing really bad again this is a period of time where my academics were just super challenging and I just found no motivation at all to uh, participate or to I was just flying under the radar with band already happening in my life, I just wanted to fly under the radar and make sure that I was just doing good enough to continue participating in band. So I got the blue slip and I went over to the library and uh, I was told to meet with, the, with an individual. They didn't tell me who. Uh, and I went to the back of the room uh, with, the, with glass and everything. And it was uh, this lady just sitting there uh, waiting for me. As I approached her, she stood up she introduced herself as Doris Anaya, the director of the Upward Bound program. She had asked me what question that really no instructor, teacher, or high school counselor has asked me. Juan, what do you think about going to college? That moment kind of stopped me in my tracks. I've never given college a second thought. I figured that education would just kind of be pointless, like I said. I didn't think it was for me. So I took a moment to pause and to think, what, what does she mean by going to college? Does she see potential? Do, does she think that I can go to college, honestly? A kid that is hovering right above a 2.3 and the GPA still dipping, she thinks this kid can go to college? 
And uh, in that moment, she started talking about the Upward Bound program and all the benefits that it came with. She said that the students that go through the program learn about what it means to register for courses, what it means to start getting ready for college, which is super important, and what it meant to be a college student. So already off the bat, I was just, my, I, was, I was baffled. I didn't know how to react to that. I didn't know what to say to that because to me, that seemed a little far-fetched. For someone with a 2.3 and no interest in academics, how can college be a reality for a person like me? Well, she said that she believed that I could do it. And so taking that moment, I presented the form. She, she gave me the application forms to apply for the program because you need to qualify to, to be part of the Upward Bound program. You have to be first generation or low income or both. Uh, my family fed under both categories. I would, I would be the first one to go to college. And the difficult part was not, uh, not accepting the application itself, but, uh, believing that I could even attend college was very difficult for me to comprehend. At this point, I should, I should reveal to you all, uh, my intention was immediately after graduation was to be a priest. I was interested in religious studies. Um, my father kind of had ingrained, ingrained in me that I should probably be a priest. And I started becoming fascinated with the idea. Um, but here was this lady telling me that I could go to college. An idea I had never, ever in my life, in my dreams, I ever toyed with because I just thought it was just that far gone. Well, I brought the forms to my parents. I wasn't too excited about it. I didn't want to make them think that I was super invested into it. And uh, I remember my mom reading the forms with my dad. And my mom immediately uh, requested Doris's phone number, the her office phone number, to speak with her because she wanted to talk about me possibly joining the Upward Bound program. I was stunned. I didn't think my parents thought about me going to college. They, uh, I will say that I know my dad wanted to start a business for a long time, and I had I didn't gravitate toward uh, the type of jobs that he did. Uh, and he he was a hardworking man. My father. It did everything he could to provide for his family, but the type of the line of work that he was doing was just not uh, interesting to me. And you know, you one can uh, work really hard and not be happy. And I didn't want to put myself in that. Um, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I know that priesthood was probably the second best option, but after speaking with my parents, my mom requested the meeting with Doris to figure out. All right. If he's going to go to college, we need to start preparing him now. And it was that day, my mom, I remember it took us a week to fill out the application. Uh, she had to gather the IRS 1040 forms. She had to gather uh, various documentations. Um, I remember my social security being scanned and my mom was making all sorts of copies. And I, I remember uh, Doris had requested that we do an interview. And this was already nerve wracking. I mean, we had to... Uh, gather all this documentation and I thought all right well this this will be uh, my automatic admission but then we were requested for an interview uh, my mom came with me uh, she started speaking to my mom about uh, what it means to be a college student uh, 
And then she asked me several questions about why I wanted to go to college. That's another stumper. I could not give her an answer. I was like, what was college for? All I know is it was for very smart kids that um, eventually after four years, they would be able to get a job and do very well for themselves. I just didn't see myself in that. I didn't see myself as a successful person. Maybe mediocre, mediocrity, maybe working at a retail store, maybe being a priest, but success. I mean, that, that was, uh, that was far-fetched. I mean, that was again, another foreign concept to me. So after the interview, uh, Doris, uh, went back to her office. Uh, my parent, my mom had, uh, taken me back home and, uh, we got a letter. I say we, because I will also mention that my brother and I, uh, Luis Rivas also applied to the uh, upward bound program. And then, uh, we get the letter congratulating both of us on our acceptance to the upward bound program. That right there was the drastic change that kind of took over my life at that point. I was involved with upward bound for the three years. And in those three years, a lot, I learned a lot about academic development and student development. The thing that really still catches me off guard sometimes is that all these skills that I learned through the upward bound program, I could have applied them earlier and I know I would have been a, a much better student and a little bit more successful in my studies. But I, I, I was really happy to go back, uh, apply those skills. And in the three years that I was involved, I raised my GPA from a 2.3 to a 2.9. So I steadily improved. I got closer to a 3.0. I really wanted a 3.0, but I came short. Um, in my final year of Upward Bound, uh, they call it our bridge year. Uh, Doris uh, had asked us what colleges we wanted to go to. I remember seniors were applying to different types of colleges, uh, University of New Mexico, New Mexico State. Uh, they were applying to various other colleges across the nation, some colleges that I've never heard of. And when I looked at my GPA and I learned about what GPA meant and what it meant for enrollment and what it meant to be admitted, I looked at my GPA and I was like, well, I think Eastern New Mexico University would be the only college to take me. So that was the only university I applied to. I remember my peers applying to at least five different colleges. And here was this kid applying to only one, pinning his, pinning his hopes to this one college. And it was very nerve wracking. I filled out the application. I got it all ready. I submitted it along with Doris. I got my transcripts and I just hope for the best. I remember uh, Doris encouraged me to take the ACT test as well. I remember, you know, several practice tests we took, we, we uh, had taken with Upward Bound and I finally went in um, still underprepared because I didn't know what to expect and coming out of there and when I saw my score uh, like two weeks later, I, I just wasn't confident. I didn't think any college would take me. Well, finally, we got the, uh, uh, me and my brother both uh, applied to Eastern. When I received my letter, I didn't know what to anticipate. It was this thick letter, had a lot of information on it. I opened it, and I read the first few words. Congratulations, you have been admitted to Eastern New Mexico University. Those words in that letter still stick with me today. That validated all my hard work that I've been putting with Upward Bound, and it validated me as a student. Being accepted meant that I had a shot at something. It meant that the university was placing its faith in my own success. And I didn't know 
how to take that news. I was uh, floored. I was excited. I was anxious because I didn't know what that entailed. I, I, I didn't even... When a lot of people, when they apply for college, they have an idea of, of what type of degree program they want to study. Uh, no, me, uh, I had no idea what I wanted to study. I know I had interest in history. I had interest in music. I had interest, but I didn't know what I really wanted to stick with and what uh, program I wanted to do. Here I was, just stunned, admitted to Eastern New Mexico University, and now I'm shocked. I don't know what my next steps are. I'm looking frantically at my parents and they're kind of, you know, like, well, you know, you, you got your wish. You got admitted to Eastern. Now, you know, we don't know what the next steps are. So we need to figure that out. And I remember calling Doris I'm like frantically I'm like, Doris, I got admitted. I don't know what to do next. And uh, she, of course, with a very calm voice and always the cool lady that she is, uh, calmly explained that my admission now means that I will be attending Eastern at, in the fall of 2002 and that I will be also participating in the bridge program for the summer of 2002. And she said, don't worry about, don't worry about the expenses. Upward Bound is going to pay for a lot of what you're going to go through. So the textbooks, the dorm, everything for our sem summer semester. And uh, in the fall, uh, I'm going to help you. Uh, we're going to meet with you and your dad and your mom, and we're going to figure out your financial aid and figure out FAFSA. That was the first time I've ever heard of FAFSA and I had no idea that what it would do or how it would help. So again, you're, you're talking to, when talking to a student who had no hopes for college, figuring out what a FAFSA is, what it entails, and then uh, having the parents involved with um, helping this student get to that level of education, mind boggling. We, my parents were in the same exact journey that I was, uh, along with my brother, and we had to figure out the entire college process. So in the, in the entire time that I was with Upward Bound, I never felt alone. I never felt that college was just something I had to demystify myself. And it was very fortunate. I was very fortunate to have been part of the program, not only because it uh, cleared up a lot of things, but it allowed me to explore what it meant to be a college student. It developed me, it allowed me to mature. And in my summer semester, I took a uh, sociology class and a, a history class. It didn't do too well on them. So sorry, Doris, I know that uh, th that first semester didn't go very well for me. But what I learned from that experience is study habits, what I need to do to manage my time better and what I needed to do to be an active learner instead of being a passive learner. So I took all those skills that I learned and applied them to the following semesters. And I can say, proudly say, that I've done a whole lot better. Attending Eastern New Mexico University was a culture shock all on its own. It wasn't high school anymore. It was me engaging in my learning and figuring out what my passion was, what where it lay. And I didn't want to just study for the sake of studying. I wanted to learn something. Um, so I bounced around. First, I was uh, music education. I thought I was very passionate about music education uh, until I figured out, I think it was music theory too, that really just highlighted to me that I, I'm not as passionate as music as I once thought I was. So instead of continuing to hammer away at music and not doing very well, I, I changed my major. I went from music to history. And that's when I kind of, it spoke to me a little bit. 
but now before uh, history would have been something I would have dismissed uh, when I was in uh, middle school uh, but when entering high school I started getting a little bit more passionate about history I love learning about history about everything that happened um, from the US uh, Civil War to present I know World War II is a lot uh, very popular with everyone um, and that's a very uh, focused area of study but for me it was uh, Latin American history and how um, various nations came to be so that for me was interesting once uh, I began my studies there uh, someone had told me about education and I started kind of ex exploring it just a little bit I was curious and education spoke to me so much better I started uh, looking into a career as a teacher and I remember uh, being so passionate about it as I was learning about uh, education inequality equity and what it all that meant and how, what it entailed I was just fascinated education I fell in love with educa education already I didn't know it but upper upward bound had helped me fall in love with education without even knowing it um, and during this time I was also the work study for the upward bound program so I had I was working uh, as a work study and I would provide assistance here and there and then slowly things just started kind of clicking for me as an educator I was uh, teaching a basketball class and then I was teaching a computers class um, before I knew it I, I was just so passionate about learning and and student development and all of this so um, I uh, majored in history with uh, secondary education licensure I was so excited I, I really wanted to uh, uh, go in there and teach and then an opportunity presented itself about a semester before I graduated I had applied for the Clovis Community College uh, upward bound position for academic coordinator this is a position that was brand new and uh, I told uh, I asked Doris and Susan Cramp who is another mentor of mine Susan thank you so much for all your mentorship I asked her uh, should I apply for it and, and they both encouraged me they really were behind me applying for this position as an academic coordinator I would be responsible for a lot of coordinating academic things and uh, I remember thinking I might not have a shot but I'm gonna do a lot of research uh, make sure that I know the grant inside and out it was a brand new grant so I wanted to learn everything I could about it and um, I did a lot of mock interviews and preparing for any potential questions finally when the time uh, arrived I began to uh, focus uh, on those questions and began focusing on like okay what are they gonna ask me and anticipating those questions went to the interview and uh, right off the bat they had me talk about um, various uh, subjects about trio uh, at this time I was pretty knowledgeable I, I shared information that um, I you know that I knew about the trio programs and uh, how the Eastern New Mexico University trio grant how it functioned and uh, the people in the room were pretty impressed uh, I remember visiting with the uh, president of Clovis Community College and I was thinking oh my gosh this must be really serious if uh, if you're needing to visit with the president of Clovis Community College and when I took that moment to visit they uh, he was just asking me what why are you applying for this position what other things could you offer us that no other candidate can offer and I remember answering that the program uh, that I was participating in had prepared me to anticipate how students react 
how students act, how students develop. And that's a conversation of student development that really, I think in the end, helped me land the job. So ultimately, I ended up working at the CCC uh, for approximately two years. I moved over to the University of New Mexico Gallup to be the senior tutor coordinator. Uh, and uh, again, education was a very a passion, a passionate thing for me. I wanted to develop programs and workshops that would help students. And then uh, we... I served about 11 months at Uni uh, University of New Mexico in Gallup, and then I found out the, about the position at Eastern New Mexico University. Uh, it was a position that was uh, the coordinator position, and I was thinking, oh my gosh, perfect. Uh, so we moved back to Portales, and uh, that's where kind of my career with a Trio just kind of blossomed. I was the coordinator for about four years there, uh, developing workshops, coming up with ideas to help engage students. And then I went over uh, to being, I was promoted to uh, director for two years. Um, I was promoted to director uh, and I served for two years and those were uh, very enjoyable years for me. Uh, what I didn't enjoy was it did kind of pull me away from students just a little bit and uh, I missed that aspect of it. Um, during that time, I did complete my master's uh, degree uh, in communication and that really, again, uh, speaks to the level and power of TRIO as it it always continues to help the student evolve. And when I studied communication, I, I started, just really became passionate about uh, sharing knowledge with others. Um, I know that as an advocate for TRIO, uh, I usually post on my Facebook page or find any way to get involved. I always call my representatives and speak very positively of TRIO. Uh, my TRIO... The legacy I want to leave behind for TRIO is that it has a voice. And that's the whole purpose of this podcast is to make sure that TRIO programs, first and foremost, have a voice and that the students are heard and their stories are heard and that people know that these programs are very valuable. Because I think that sometimes we undervalue TRIO and the impact that it has on students. So that's my legacy. That's what I hope to leave behind is uh, a, continu a continuing conversation with TRIO programs. Since, um, so my experiences with TRIO, again, as you know, I, I served as director for two years under Eastern New Mexico University, the very institution that accepted me when I was uh, first a student. And post-TRIO, after resigning and moving on, uh, moved uh, my family to Colorado uh, and I was uh, very nervous because I didn't know uh, what would come after TRIO. I didn't know what would um, be available to me. <clears throat> A lot of the experiences that I've had were already pointing to teacher. And so I immediately, uh, when I saw a posting to a community college for an adjunct faculty, I applied for it. And uh, two days later, I got a call from the chair of the communications department and she shared that uh, they needed someone to teach public speaking and uh, you know I, I wanted to jump at the chance already I was I was very super I was super pumped and excited so she said that she wanted to interview me and that we would talk about um, this potential position so on the day we're leaving Colorado we had we were visiting uh, we were just in Colorado for visiting Fort Collins to see what apartments would be there 
And on the day we were heading back to New Mexico to kind of finalize everything and make sure that we were getting ready to move everything up to Colorado, I was interviewed. Uh, and in that interview, I was asked uh, why I wanted to teach. That question was uh, not alarming and, I, and not any more stumping. It was actually something I could answer passionately about. Uh, they reviewed my resume. They saw that my record with Trio and they felt like I had just a huge passion for students that uh, in my interview I was very uh, passionate about public speaking and teaching and sharing knowledge with students about public speaking. And then they looked at my uh, uh, internet radio experience and they said, well, I mean, you're very well suited for the job and we think that you're going to be a very fine instructor with us at Front Range Community College. And so I was offered the position and I, I accepted immediately. I just jumped on board and said, yep, I'll do it. I'm, I'm excited. I'm passionate. And uh, that's when the chair, she had uh, informed me that this class was a dual credit class and I would be teaching high school students. I would be teaching college level course to high school students, high school seniors and juniors. And so I, I still jumped on the chance and I was, I was just very grateful. And um, once we moved to Colorado, got my training done, I was just very excited to do it, uh, to teach uh, at Front Range. Uh, and I would be teaching at the at Frederick High School. That's where I was assigned to, to teach two dual, um, dual enrollment classes. And uh, I enjoyed, I loved teaching. And that's what I found out is that I loved teaching and loved teaching students about public speaking and what it meant to be a public speaker. I know that at times uh, students were probably bored about my lectures, uh, but I did make it a point to make it uh, interesting for them. So I came up with different activities and different ways to uh, display what a public speaker meant and what is public speaking in general. Um, I think three months, two months into my position, uh, I had applied to uh, several positions at Colorado State. A lot of them, you know, I got the phone interview or I got an in-person in interview, but it didn't pan out. It didn't, didn't, uh, there was another candidate that was a little bit more successful than I was. And finally, I got a call back for a collegiate success coach position that rang with me. It, 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 it just it spoke to me because I felt that student success and student development is something that I've always practiced and that I've always done. And so I was ready to jump in to see what I what I could do to help there. So I applied, not really thinking. I, mean, I was already discouraged. I felt I, I interviewed uh, with Colorado State several times, and none of the interviews uh, were um, had resulted in job offers. So I didn't put a lot of faith into this application. And when I got the phone interview, you know, it was still more of a, all right, I'll go through the process, go through the motions. I'm pretty sure not going to hear back from them after this phone call. And then I uh, got a, another phone call, uh, follow-up, and I was uh, told that I, you know, uh, they'd like to bring me on campus for an actual in-person interview. And it, it was at that moment that I was like, oh, okay, it's getting a little bit serious. I'm, I'm a top three candidate at the, at the minimum. So I immediately began to start preparing. They had given me a prompt about what I needed to do to talk about um, the specific programs within the Office of Outreach and Support programs and what it meant to um, help students on academic probation. So started working on my presentation, again, not giving it a lot of thought because I was, 
I wasn't a very hopeful that I would get the position in the first place. So I would, I was thinking, uh, it's not, you know, this is a long shot. We'll see where this goes. <clears throat> so, uh, go to, I go to the interview. I, um, I fire off so many great questions that I, I felt like I was stumped in some of them. And I know I, I went in there, gave a presentation, uh, and I didn't feel stellar about it. I felt I was okay. Um, and uh, once uh, once my entire interview process was done, I remember I, I left CSU thinking that was probably my worst performance in an interview ever. And so I'm not going to hear back from them. So I, I had dismissed the uh, the position uh, in my mind because I just thought, not going to get it. So I'm just going to focus on teaching and focus on uh, completing my contract with uh, Front Range Community College. And maybe they'll offer me more contracts for um, for the following semester. And maybe I could become part-time adjunct. So all these thoughts were already racing through my mind. And, you know, this is September leading into October. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Take that back. That this was uh, mid beginning of September. I've, I've already dismissed it in my mind. Uh, and then uh, mid September, I get a call. It is the director of the Office of Outreach and Support Programs offering me the position for collegiate success coach. And I am just wow, it floored. I don't even know what word to use here. Really, it uh, amazed, stunned, uh, shocked uh, that. Colorado State University, an institution that I've uh, long admired, I, I, I really like what they do here, had now was looking at me as a an employee. So they offered me the position, I accepted, and my first def, uh, start date was October 10th, 2016. Amazing, amazing people I work with, amazing, great colleagues, great faculty. Um, not to say that Eastern wasn't uh, all that, it was just... Uh, it was a long-term dream that I had uh, for a long this time. I remember uh, telling uh, Susan one day, "I'm going to work for Colorado State University someday, and no matter what it is, I'm going to I'm just going to work there." And I was determined, uh, whether it was janitor or whatever position, I wanted to work for Colorado State University. Once that uh, offer was made official, uh, it, it was at that point that it just kind of came full circle to me. I was a successful trio student. I had made it. I was able to compete with several people um, that have very, you know, long years in education. And to be, to be believed in, to be supported, and to be told that your talents got you this job, I, I was, uh, I was amazed. I was, I was, it was, I, it was hard to dis to describe because when imagine being uh, drafted to your favorite sports team, imagine being called up by a famous game developer, imagine being offered a singing contract by a top label. That was that feeling for me when I got the offer from Colorado State University. It was like being called up to the majors, and it w it felt really good. And I've now been serving here for at CSU for about a year and eight months. And it's still, in my eyes, that honeymoon phase of I love this job and I love everything I do. I love working with the students. And everything I do, I know, makes an impact. 
So there's my experience from A to Z, uh, still evolving. And uh, this podcast is only a testament to what I want to continue doing. It's not that I want to just be satisfied with, okay, I reached my potential and that's it. I want to continue developing this talent and developing um, uh, as, as a person. And I think broadcasting has some a passion of mine that has always existed. I remember being seven, eight years old, and my dad bought me a, a little boom box that had a uh, recording function on it. And that recording function had uh, a little built-in microphone. And I remember recording tapes for my dad, you know, talking about weather, talking about the whatever was happening on the other show the other night that we watched and I would try to do it in mix in Spanish and English and my dad I remember he said that he listened to it once and he was uh, pretty impressed and I know that I developed a, a passion for broadcasting at that point um, going into high school I just kind of forgot about it I kind of forgot about broadcasting and all of that and then it flooded back when I started the master's program several years ago and broadcasting became again something that was in the forefront and it started becoming a little bit more dominant in my mind because broadcasting I mean you can use it for anything to entertain and to educate and I fell into the category of education hence why this podcast exists I really want to bring to the audience a lot of what trio is um, not recognized for you know education student development college readiness I want to educate even people that are not familiar with Trio to hear these stories so they know where their tax dollars are going and what the impact that Trio continues to make. So there you have it. That's my experience, again, A to Z. And this concludes my very first official podcast. Last week was more of a rough cut and kind of figuring out how this whole podcast thing even works. But uh, today I can, I can proudly say that I am very happy with the results and um, upgrading my equipment, even the sound mixer to the microphone to headphones. It's, it's such a small investment for I think would be a great, a great return for the audience. Uh, I will commit to recording at least one podcast a week and I will continue doing this un as long as I can, um, even up until my retirement, I believe. Uh, next week, we have Daniela Garcia as our next guest for this podcast. I'm excited to talk to her. Uh, we were colleagues at uh, Eastern New Mexico University. We remain friends, and I do keep in touch with her. Uh, so I'm excited to kind of catch up and figure out what she's doing now. Next week, we will catch up with Daniela, and you will hear that podcast. It will be uploaded on Blueberry. Thank you all so much for joining me, and I wish you all a great day.